You are listening to the official podcast of Salem Tabernacle in Beacon, New York, a community of people devoted to experiencing life as God meant it to be. A reading from the Gospel of Luke 2, 1-7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to all the world that all the world should be registered. This was the first regist- registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the inn. The word of the Lord. You may be seated this Christmas morning. Just so everybody knows, next week, January 1st, we will be here at 10 a.m. to give God the first fruits of our praise. Amen? Yes, yes. And also the Giants can clinch a playoff berth on New Year's Day. It's a new season. Let's do it. 2023 Giants. Heartbreaking yesterday. They strung me along, only to not take me to prom at the very end. (laughs) Devastating. I wanted to share uh, a brief word today. The title of today's message is Baby Steps. Yes, it's about you. Sonia. Santa Sonia over there. I wanted to start talking about, for these next two weeks how we set goals, why we set goals. And for today, very simply, what does Christmas have to say about the way in which we decide, I need to meet this goal this upcoming year, I need to make a change in my life, I need to do something different. I just want to offer a very simple Christmas gift that I believe Christmas is screaming at us and we often don't listen to what Christmas has to say because we're so adult, we stop listening to the sounds of babies but they have something very prophetic for us all of the time. This message was birthed from a conversation that I had with Stephanie. Stephanie called and we were having a discussion about goal setting and as so often is the case when I'm on the phone with somebody like Steph, the Holy Spirit just cracks the conversation open and revelation pours out, which is what you wanna do. Listen, if you're in a season of trial and stress and strain, don't submit to the temptation to not have a conversation with somebody. Because when you begin to converse, the soil of the stress loosens, and God can plant some things in those moments. So you know. We all, and we'll just use going to the gym in January as a joke, but it's, it represents all of our goals. We say, starting in January, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to exercise, I want to be around for a long time. And the reason why we go to the gym every January is because we never actually fulfill that goal. And I just want you to do the math. Whatever goal that is for you, if you're constantly starting it again, it's because every time you start it, you're missing something. I'm going to start being more kind until January 1st at 12.30 p.m. I'm going to have more patience. I'm going to be a better parent. I'm going to be a better friend. I'm going to get together with more people this year. This year, my 
dining room is going to become a sanctuary for hospitality. And you have people over that one time, and it's great. But then all of a sudden it's May. And then we start saying things like, as soon as dot, dot, dot is done, then I will start to dot, dot, dot. And the minute we go there, the minute we say, as soon as this finishes, then this will begin, we made an error a long time ago. A tiny little one that we overlook all of the time. And we start to think, and I want you to hear this, that it's a problem with our willpower. So we try harder and then it doesn't work. And we try harder, and then we get fatigued, and then we get discouraged. And it's because a long way back at the origin, at the genesis, at the conception of that goal, whatever it is for you, we missed one tiny, very terrifying reality that God wants us to start with baby steps. Now, that doesn't sound impressive, But there is not a single commercial that teaches you to accomplish a goal by moving slower than you want to move. There is not an advertising campaign. There is not a store. There is not an idea that is in mainstream culture that celebrates moving extra slow and then slower than that as a way of meeting our goals. Because we fear that if we start with baby steps... We will forever be walking in baby steps. But if you've raised a child, you know that baby steps start out so cute and quickly turn into us saying, we need to get locks for the cabinets. Don't put the candles out the way that you used to. Des, remember the first time you came over our house and we just didn't know what, and you walked in and you're like, oh my God, your apartment is so pretty, but can you please take the fire that's this high off the ground on your coffee table away? My kids are here. Like, we just didn't know, right? Baby steps, but then Jesus' baby steps become the steps of a man who walks down a dirt road and a woman with the issue of blood pushes through the crowd and touches the hem of his garment, and the man taking those strides now has power in him that heals her immediately, and only he knows what happened. Those baby steps turn into a man who wanders to a well at 12 in the afternoon when a woman who's been disgraced her whole life for things that she never actually did wrong shows up and he feeds her the water of salvation. Those baby steps turn into the steps of a person who takes a cross and saves the entire world with those steps. Your baby steps don't stay baby steps. When we, are, when we learn to start with baby steps, we learn to walk well. When we start with a sprint or we start with strides, listen, I just had second surgery on my foot, and this time I knew the doctor says, okay, pins are out of your foot, you can walk out of here. And Doreen sent me this like, uh, little video, a text of like, how are you going to enter church? And it was like somebody doing all these cartwheels. And I was like, no. I'm going to have a walker. I'm going to be walking very slow. Because if you want to walk well after surgery one day, you have to take baby steps. It, and this is the punchline, and then we'll just unpack it for five or ten minutes. God shows us this in that when he begins humanity, he starts with a fully grown man. His name was Adam. When God starts with a fully grown person, did it work out very well? 
Answer, no. They sinned in 10 seconds. But when God started out with baby steps on Christmas morning, did that work out well? It absolutely did. The story of Adam and Jesus tells us many things, deep, philosophical, salvific things, but it also gives us a very day-to-day bit of wisdom. When you start midway through with a goal, it ends quick. And you'll start again, and you'll start again, and you'll start again, and you'll start again. And you can look at it. It's Adam. It's David. It's Solomon. It's Hezekiah. It's king after king after king. Chronicles, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Samuel. All of these are people starting midway through. They became king. They became king, and none of it works. And then God says, now I'll show you how goals really work. It starts with a baby. It starts with something even before baby steps. The reason why we start every January, every January saying we're going to go to the gym or whatever your goal is, is because we don't first take the baby step backwards and say, you know, before I start going to the gym in January, I'm going to spend one month praying discerning as to why I always stop going to the gym. I'm going to take three months before I go to the gym and examine the last 10 years of my life and ask the Holy Spirit to show me all the different reasons why I stopped going. That's baby steps. I'm going to get promoted this year. So as soon as I get to work in January, I'm going to hit the ground running. And let me tell you something about getting promoted this year. With the expectation of employers right now, if you show up to work and say hi, you're going to be like vice president of Target by February. We're going to talk about this this year. We need to dust off a few sermons that were preached back in the day. We need to start going to work like we want our employers to realize we're doing more than we were ever asked to do. And we want the people we encounter to encounter a salt and a light that they weren't expecting to encounter that day. But we'll talk about that this year soon. But it starts with baby steps. And looking at areas where you're saying, I never get this right. Before you try harder to do, take baby steps. And first try to discern. Develop a prayer routine of discernment before you develop a physical routine of going back to the gym. Or whatever else the goal is. Don't just start by doing. Start by discerning. Start by thinking. Start by contemplating. And begin to pull apart. As they say in football, watch film from last year and say, where did this play go wrong? I'll give you some things to think about right now. Joseph was going to Bethlehem because Caesar Augustus was giving a census. And here's something interesting. Caesar's name means to sever. He's ruling by severing. And whenever we start goals, whenever you think in this upcoming week, what do I want to start getting right? First, brace yourself for the temptation to have your goal sever you from the blessing of others. One of the reasons why our goals don't work is because they only benefit us when we succeed in them. As Christians, we should be setting goals that would cause other people to succeed as we succeed. But Caesar is the epitome of selfishness. He's the epitome of what I say goes. He's the epitome of when I get blessed, everybody else's job is to help me stay blessed. He severs himself. 
he Caesars himself from the good of everybody that he's supposedly supposed to be serving. And so the minute you start a goal, the minute you set out, there's going to be an instantaneous uh, temptation to make that goal more about you than about the benefit that others will get as you attain your goal. Never let that severing, never let that Caesarness take place. Everybody's favorite character in the Bible, Quirinius, he was under Caesar. He was like assistant manager. And his name means warrior. So we have sever and we have warrior as the two leaders heading into Christmas Day. We will be tempted to sever our goals from the benefit they will give others. And we will be tempted to have this warrior spirit about our goals. And whenever you take on a warrior spirit, A, you charge at them instead of taking baby steps. Can you imagine how the movie Gladiator would have went in that opening scene? If he was like, hold the line, stay with me, and then started going like... The other army would be like, what are they doing? He's like, no, no, we're taking baby steps. Hold on, we'll be there in about seven and a half hours. Warriors don't take baby steps. They charge, and most of them die charging. Most of them die running too fast into battle. And if they succeed, they only succeed because they destroyed somebody else to succeed. We don't want our goals to be achieved at the expense of the integrity and the agency and the humanity of other people especially those in our own home. Your goals, as they get met, should benefit. The, pe the people around you, should, their lives should be getting better as your goals are being met. He went from the town of Nazareth, which means to be guarded, to Judea, which means to praise God. And I want to say this. This is maybe the most peculiar thought that I had about this message is Nazareth means to be guarded, and Judea means to praise God. And the thought was, what, what, where are we guarded, and what is the risk? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, the greatest risk in goal setting is moving slow to achieve those goals. When we move fast, we give ourselves the illusion that we're going to accomplish them soon, and it doesn't really feel like a risk. But when we start moving really really slow. We think, am I ever going to get there with this mentality at this speed? The years are moving faster. The days are moving faster. The hours are moving faster than I'm going with my goals. Life is zipping past me. It's beating me in the race. How am I going so slow? And so the reality is to leave the place of comfort is actually to slow down. We know our days are numbered. We know we're getting older. We know we're approaching the moment where we won't be able to say hello anymore. Pastor, it's Christmas. Stop being so encouraging. When we slow down in a world that is screaming at us to sprint, when we slow down, that's when we don't feel safe. Because moving slow and the desire for more, 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 they don't go well together. But as it says in the Proverbs, an inheritance gained speedily is quickly lost. Slow. The prodigal son didn't want to wait for his inheritance. He wanted it now. And now doesn't work out. 
Last thing, Caesar was taking a census, and the word census means pattern, fixed pattern. We are tempted in times when things don't seem to be working to look back and find what worked the best in the past and try to replicate that pattern. Just now, when we were doing our meet and greet, somebody came up to me and hugged me and said, Merry Christmas. I said, Merry Christmas. And he said, each one of them is different, aren't they? And I said, they're all different. This one feels even more different than most. There's a tradition to Christmas, but there isn't a pattern. Every Christmas, my life has been different than the previous one. Every Christmas, this church has been different than the previous one. Every Christmas, the songs are different than the previous one. And when we're in times of growth and, and healing, and we're in times of abundance, and the, the field of our life is producing abundantly, we love the changes. But when we're in a season of stress, we just want to go back to the play that worked last time. And like the Giants will show you, when you run the same play because it worked the last time, it doesn't work the next time. He leaves the place of pattern, and he goes to the place of praise. Salem, there's nothing more childlike than leaving the place of pattern and going to the place, like Leah said, I'm done trying. I'm just going to praise the Lord now. I'm done trying. I'm just going to do what I think he's telling me to do. Let the chips fall where they may. That, one of the things that it means to praise is to break through. And one of the things that breakthrough means isn't just more money and houses and cars and clothes. It also means being able to do the next thing without the fear of failing, but with the excitement of knowing you will be caught if you fall. That's where praise starts. Praise doesn't start in as soon as I praise, I'll get more. Praise starts in when I'm with him, even when I fall, he picks me back up. A righteous man falls how many times? Seven, which means completion and totality. A righteous man doesn't ever stop falling. What makes him righteous is that the Lord picks him up every single time. That's what makes him righteous. I feel like the Lord is saying to many of us, Break free from the patterns of failure that exist in your past. And you're ready, Salem? More importantly, break free from the patterns of success up to this point. Both of them will drag us down. Both of them will keep our feet in locked in a certain spot. When we are functioning in patterns, we start to live our lives based on stances as opposed to wisdom. Have you heard people ask, what is your stance on dot, dot, dot? People ask me all the time, I'm a faith leader in the community, what is your stance on dot, dot, dot? And I tell people all the time, when you have a stance, you're not moving. You can't have a stance and be on a walk with God. So many Christians, so many churches spiritually have stances on things, and they're immovable all the time, no matter what. But so many of us have stances on our own standards, stances on how we think this year is going to go. Many of us have already decided this is going to be the best year of my life. Be careful with that. I remember last year I said, man, I'm happy I'm done with surgeries. Some of us have already sentenced this year to hates. I would have said something else, but we have children in the room. Don't sentence this year to being the best year you've ever had and don't sentence this year to being another failure take baby steps walk slowly learn to get the muscles in your legs learn to experience the world learn to grow i promise you if you run you will fall so many times your goal will end up behind you if you walk slow you will develop the legs the stamina the strength the attitude the character the integrity the faith 
the endurance, the ability to get back up again to the point where you will not be accomplishing your goal. You will be accomplishing your goals. That's what will happen. Let's just keep it that simple. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Baby steps. If you have a child in the room, adult or not, please, as John comes to play, and John will hopefully get here before Christmas Eve of 2023. <laughs> Yo, don't, 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 don't listen, Salem, don't ever preach my messages back at me. Don't ever do that. Don't you dare. John's been taking baby steps to that piano a long time. We should have some strides by now. Steph's going to beat him. You're going to get there first. Steph, you know what? Don't, don't go up there just yet, though. Don't go up there just yet, though. Here's why. If you have a child of any age in the room, if you're a parent, you have a child in the room, would you just bring them to the front, please, right now? Just bring your children to the front here. You made it, John. You just stay on this side of the room, crowd in, stay on this side of the room, crowd in. What I want to say, what I want to say, Mark Rumney almost knocked over the whole Christmas tree. Oh, hi, honey. Thank you. That's weird. Can I hold my hand? You know what Sophia said to me today? We got in the car and she said, you're a mean one, Daddy Grinch. And I thought it was over. She said, your head's completely bald. Like, what just happened? Where are you at? Stay right here. Stay right here. All I want to do is just pray a blessing over our children. Because our children, from the youngest to the oldest, they are the ones who are going to show us how to walk. The progression from infant to adult, this is the way that we're supposed to walk. And I believe this year in 2023, our central focus, our vision for the year, and we'll talk about this in the next five weeks, is the verse in Isaiah that says the holy seed is the stump, which means the offspring are how we know we're going to be viable 15 years from now. This is a year of putting our time, talent, treasure, and resources into all of our child ministries that Salem has, coming up with new child ministries, coming up with a revamped youth group, and bringing people's awareness back to that the whole gospel message begins with a child. A child. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that the last phrase of the Old Testament is that you're going to restore the relationship between children and parents. And the first word of the New Testament is Jesus coming through a genealogy of mothers, fathers, and parents. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, this year that you wouldn't just bestow your spirit upon every child that we have at Salem, but that we would receive your spirit through every child that we have at Salem. When Jesus, as an infant, moved into a room, other children leapt. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, as an unborn child, 
God, you were already giving the Spirit. And so I pray that with the children in our life that we can see that we would receive your Spirit through these children, that we wouldn't just lay our hands on them and ask you to give them the Holy Spirit, but that they would give us the Holy Spirit this year, that we would have new eyes to see the world young again, vibrant again, dreamy again, mystical again, and that we would learn to walk in the progression of baby steps this year, move slow so that we could move at the pace of your grace, at the pace of your mercy. And I pray that our children that we have, and I pray for every parent, that they would see their children not as the thing keeping them from their goals, but as the means of attaining those goals. As the revelation of how we move through life. We pray a blessing on them that they would be conduits of the Holy Spirit and that they would bear this church on their shoulders for years and generations to come. In your holy, precious name, and everybody said, amen, amen. You may return to your seats. You may return to your seat too, darling. Come on down. You got to come on down. Just come on down. Nope, you just got to come on down. Go come on down. Somebody just take that child, please, from me and have her do baby steps on out of here. That's great, wonderful. Praise the Lord. And now let's get ready to come to the Lord's table. Let's keep standing. I know we're tired, but this is it. This is it. Back in Orthodox churches when communion came, Frank, you remember growing up, when communion came, it was time to go home. It was exciting. If, that's, if that excites you, then that's at least one thing. I'd like us to be more excited. When you touch this bread, you're touching the hem of Jesus' garment. Lord Jesus... You started with baby steps, and they led you to the upper room on this night when you were betrayed. And you took the most mature steps from this point moving forward. Isn't it something, Salem, that as Jesus learned to walk, he learned to walk so well that he finally got the cross on his back. He finally received the moment where he was going to achieve his goal. And the minute he was going to achieve his goal, do you realize he needed help carrying his cross? He wasn't like Caesar. He didn't do it on his own. The moment when he was at his strongest was the moment that he said, somebody carry this with me. That was a free one for you. When you can finally ask your, for help, you're at your strongest. Just let that sit out there for a moment. If you need help, you're at your strongest. If you're doing it on your own, you are at your weakest. Because God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He doesn't do anything by himself, and he doesn't make us to do anything by ourselves. Okay. On the night when you were betrayed, you took bread. And when you had given thanks, and I pray that our strides, our steps would be steps ordered by the rhythm of thanksgiving. You said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you come to this table, come in remembrance of me. And after supper, you took the cup of wine and you gave thanks again. And you said, this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, 
drink it in remembrance of me. And so, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, we pray right now that you would descend on this ordinary, common, everyday bread and make it for your people, the body and blood of Jesus, the food and drink of new and unending life in him, and descend on us also that we might be forgiven of our sins. Pick us up from the last time we fell. Bring us to this table and then send us out into all the world as a river of life mingled with fire. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. I'm going to ask if Elder George would please come and distribute on this side of the room. And I'm going to ask if Elder Ron back from St. Martin. I bet you every person who just clapped didn't get pictures from Ron. We're over here in minus 410 degrees, and Ron's like, oh, look, the sun's coming up. And we're like, whatever. I love you. I'm not jealous. You can distribute from this side of the room. You might need to get some more bread from George. He's got a lot. You got a little. So, Salem, if you're on this side of the room, you can come down this side. If you're on this side of the room, would you put your hands together one more time? Celebrate with us as we take communion this morning. Thanks for listening to the Salem Tabernacle podcast. For more information about us, including gathering times and our location, check us out online at salemtabernacle.com.